You're watching ESPN FC Daily. Kay Murray and LME here. The first knockout game is over. The Netherlands progress to the quarterfinals. As for the US, it's a little bit like boys to men. It's the end of the road. And it is fair to say, LME, they didn't hit any of the high notes today. Although we've got to the end. I'll stop. I'll stop. Uh, yes, absolutely. You know what, Kay? Uh, be very proud. Uh, USMNT reaching the round of 16 was a great achievement an average age of 25 years old we've already talked about that so I think it's it's a really good achievement to come second in that group and make it here and you know I think they're a proper striker away from being a very very good squad but today what I saw Kay was a master class from Louis Van Hal. he knows exactly what the USMNT brings aggression in your face, they want to push you. And Van Howe, basically like Floyd Mayweather Jr. in his prime, was just like, let them, let them come. And when we get the ball, we'll counter. And we've been saying this for a while, the USMNT need finishing. And if you don't take your chances, a better, stronger squad will take care of that. So the Netherlands fully deserved, not burning goal. What a, what a great performance, but uh, well-deserved from the Dutch. Yeah, six for eight, not putting goals. I'm really happy it didn't go to penalties, although I'm sure they would have liked the chance to at least get to there. We want to stick with talking about the US because obviously to get here was great. Our cheeky colleague Vincent from ESPN Netherlands actually messaged me during the game and said, oh, I forgot to mention, Netherlands are also very effective. And didn't we just <laughs> see that in this game? Well, let's stay with the US angle right now and bring in Frank LeBuff because I'd like to know more about what he saw in this game and if he thinks the story could have played out differently. Uh, Frank LeBuff, World Cup winner, there he is. Frank, let me start by asking you this. That very early chance in the first half from Christian Pulisic when he was one-on-one -on -one with the keeper, did that change the course of the game? For sure. Hello, everyone. For sure. Um, it's like Ayu yesterday missing the penalty for Ghana. It, it, it changes everything because it gives strength to the uh, opponents that they, in their beliefs and, uh, and doubts to the uh, US team. And straight after that, or well, almost straight after that, they conceded a goal where... I think uh, the, uh, the U.S. captain Adams didn't run and sprint it for, for to, to, to prevent the pie to get the ball. And when you have the two leaders, well, failing in that matter in a way where the, 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 the police didn't score, then Adams didn't defend well. Well, there you say, and you, you know, sorry, that at some point it's going to be difficult. So, yeah, police should have scored, and uh, he would have. It would have been completely different for me because Netherlands, they, they would have to play. They would have to play offensively where they didn't. As, uh, as uh, LME said, they, they, they play counter-attack. They play very, with lots of pragmatism. They did very well. But at the end of the day, it's because United States had to change the score that they were allowed to do so. Frank, uh, who, you know, one of the things about the USMNT that we keep talking about is this is still a process, right? It's a, it's a project. And to make it this far, I think, is an achievement in itself. Do you think that there is, aside from obviously missing those chances, was there anything in particular that you saw from Greg Berhalter today that you thought, yeah, I think you made a mistake? Because I think uh, making those changes at halftime or close to it were, were significant to me. Is there anything that Greg Berhalter could have done differently, do you think? 
since the beginning of the competition, we all agreed that uh, uh, Gio Reyna should have played more. I don't know if he could have, but uh, it's what we thought. When the Gio said in a press conference that he's, uh, he's uh, 100%, why he doesn't play? That's, uh, that's incomprehensible for me. Uh, and uh, one day maybe we'll have some explanations. But he, he barely played. Uh, and it would have been a, a very good plus for, for the national team and for the forward line. You know, after football is, uh, is full of details. So explaining everything and trying to find the understanding of everything because you lost the game. Pulisic would have scored. Uh, Where would have, would have scored as well in the first half with a fantastic shot, you know. Well, it would have been different. And again, the Netherlands would have, would have had to play differently. So you cannot blame the coach for everything. You can ask him some some uh, some stuff about how he managed his, uh, his squad, but I think it's encouraging for for the national team the way they reacted after the 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 beginning of the of the, that World Cup, what they showed against England, what they showed today again. I mean, they came back to one, but they have to work defensively. I mean, the crosses, three crosses, three yeah. goals. Yeah. How many shots on target from the Netherlands? I think three or four. Mm. Yeah, you have to you have to evolve in a good way and uh, make sure that your football is at the top level to maybe one day win a World Cup. That's where I wanted to go with you, actually, Frank. We've got a World Cup winning defender here. Talk to us a little bit more about the deficiencies in that US defence that you saw today. That's crazy. Again, the first the first goal is not from, from the defence. It's more from Adams, who doesn't come back. It doesn't sprint to a avoid the pie getting the ball. But the third goal is crazy. The third goal, there are four defensive in the middle of the park for two uh, Dutch players. And you have the third one, uh, I don't remember who scored, who's completely free. And you say, oh my God, they didn't talk to each other. Robinson doesn't know what is going on behind him. It's, uh, it's a process of um, communication, even from the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper before the cross has to say, Turner has to say, hey, Robinson, I'm sorry, I don't know his first name. Go on the far post, look behind you. And, uh, and, and that's how it works. I had Fabio Barthez, I tell you. The guy, <laughs> it was like he had a speaker. He couldn't <laughs> stop talking. But, but it was our eyes in our box. That's important. We were the eyes of Deschamps and Petit. Uh, and that's what it is. It's how it works. It's like for me that the gen new generation, they don't talk enough. They talk after, but they don't talk enough during the game when they have to react and, and, and help, the, uh, help their teammates out. Those little mistakes, those details make the difference. I'm sure Ake, Blind, the, uh, Van Dyke, they talk to each other. No problem. No problem. So that's maybe where they have to work on. That is such a good point from Frank Leboeuf. I'm not surprised that he makes such a good point. Obviously, he's been there, done that to the very top. <laughs> Communication is so key, but it's important to remember this is a project for the USMNT. This is, again, I know that I've repeated myself, but getting out of the group is such a good achievement for them. But the communication needs to be there. You could sense that Matt Turner, you know, needs to be more communicative. The entire back line needs to be more communicative. But again, I go back to the number one thing. This, to me, honestly, was a masterclass from Van Howe because he wasn't freaking out by, yeah, okay, you think we're boring? We're boring. Let's turn it on and let's basically do what Bill Belichick does with the New England Patriots. I'm going to see your strengths and I'm going to nullify them. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, and it also felt as well, guys, that 
Louis van Gaal was like, okay, US, you can have the ball. It's absolutely yep. fine. You can have the ball because we're not fearful that you're really going to hurt us. Yep. Did you get that sense, Frank? Oh, yeah, definitely. That was the, 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 the option A. Uh, I would have loved to see United States scoring to know if there were an option B where they were, would be able to attack and to be as effective as they've been. That was a perfect scenario for them. Uh, scoring the first goal in counter-attack, uh, because that was really a counter-attack, and then waiting. Like he planned everything. So he has the experience knowing that it would happen that way. He had the hopes that it would happen that way, and it really happened that way. So, yeah, of course, hard off. Uh, but I would have loved to see the other option. I want to see it. Maybe we, sorry, but we're going to see maybe in the next game, where maybe he's going to face a team who doesn't want to play. So we're going to see if they're going to be able to well, do something else. Well, I'm probably not sure Argentina, about right? Yeah, probably Argentina. Just one more thing. Frankie de Jong today was magnificent. I thought he was fantastic today. Well, you have talents in that Dutch team. I mean, uh, and no doubts that, that you don't reach the quarterfinal of a World Cup uh, and, and being undefeated for so long randomly. That's not yeah. possible. And we all yeah. know that Frankie de Jong from, plays for Barcelona and is one of the talents of the new generation and he's been like that since he uh, he played for ajax and since his young age um is is a kind of a masterpiece you know you can rely on that player you know he's the uh, young guardiola of uh, of the barcelona because ev when he has the ball he exactly know what to do before he receives the ball which is the key for midfielder all right, let's talk a little bit about the Dutch then, shall we? We'll bring Mark Ogden in as well. And just before we do turn our attentions fully to this Netherlands side, Mark, it would be good to just get your take on what you saw from the US men in this game and how it differed to what you've seen in the groups from them. Yeah, I, I just felt, you know, in comparison to the Dutch as well, it, it felt like the Dutch were just an experienced tournament team. A lot of, it, a lot of players who knew what they were doing, they'd seen it all before, that knew how to manage the game, manage the tournament. And the US were kind of... They were kind of racing the gate. It was like this is on the brink of the quarterfinals, and it's almost like it's not history, but it felt like history for the US because it's such a big moment to face a team like the Dutch. And it, it just felt like the Dutch were kind of just going through the gears. They'd been in this situation before, and the US were just champing at the bit, really. And I think that, that like the guy said, the Pulisic miss was massive, and it just felt like that the, they looked like a young team, which they are, that didn't know how to manage the game and manage the occasion. And I, I just saw the Dutch, you know, I, I don't think a particularly good team. I think that as soon as they face a team like Argentina, they'll lose. They haven't faced a, a really strong team. The Dutch just, they would, like LME's earlier analogy about Floyd Mayweather, it was like an experienced boxer that's seen it all before, just waiting for a younger rival to punch himself out and just bang, 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 every chance hits him on the break. You know, Depay's finish, you know, even Daily Blint's finish, it's very calm. They took the chances straight away. It, it just looked like, one team that knew how to manage a tournament and a game against a team that didn't know quite what to do. But they're a young team and, you know, this is this will be massive experience for 2026, how to deal with playing a team of this stature. And like I say, the Dutch are, for me, they're a tier B team, they're not a tier A team, but they're a step yeah. up what the, what the US have faced already. And that's, I include England in that. I just think that the Dutch, when they get the go, get the ball and pass it around, and they're just clever. And, and, and Van Hal schooled Berhalter. It was just clever and just fantastic game management of a coach who's getting the best out of a squad that I think in terms of Van Gaal he knows its limitations David Clarkson had a disastrous time in the Premier League with Everton you know Memphis Depay stunned the playset at Man United a lot of players in that Dutch team have had setbacks in their career but Van Gaal has put them together to make them a very effective Dutch team and if they had a striker of any kind of 
you know, quality like a Van Persie or a Van Nistelrooy or a, a Van Basten, this team would be a threat, but they haven't. And that's why Van Hal's doing well to manage what he's got. That's the great thing about World Cups, isn't it, Mark? You see players that maybe who aren't always doing their best really raise the game when they're on the world stage. We've not even mentioned Denzel Dumfries yet. Two assists and a goal for him. And he does have his critics sometimes in certain aspects of his game domestically, but in this one, he really stood out. Absolutely. You know, like two assists and a goal, like you're saying. He does always do well for Holland, for the Netherlands. And I think he did well. He had a great year of 2020 as well. And I think this is what Van Gaal does. He, he does make the, the unit perform better than it's kind of the sum of its parts in many ways and now less so at club at the club level when united where he was very poor but with the dutch team he just knows how to get the best out of this i think a quite a limited squad in, in dutch terms and they're nowhere near the the dutch teams of old but he's managed to get a system that works and even with a goalkeeper he's found he's found a solution to a goalkeeping problem that most coaches would never have taken a guy that hadn't played with the dutch international level before the world cup he's just thrown him in and he's been one of the key aspects of the, of the tournament because you know, six for eight, commanding, great safe and pool to curly on. And that's what Van Gaal does. He spots something and he he goes with it. Now, we're talking about Argentina probably in the next round. I think that'll be a bridge far, but the Dutch go out to the quarterfinals. That is a good tournament. It's a very good tournament. The Dutch, this, this team, anyway. A very, very good tournament. Van Gaal there. Frank, question for you. Uh, you know, Van Gaal has been very open about, I mean, when isn't he? about uh, talking about expectations, et cetera. And he said, he said, he said look, I, I expect the Netherlands to reach the final. Do, are we believing him more and more now, do you think? Well, we have to respect them first. And we have, of course, we have to, uh, to take them seriously because they, are, they have talents, as Mark explained. And uh, Van Gaal take the best out of all players. And it's true. When I see the pipe playing for Lyon or even for Barcelona, when he played for the Dutch national team, he's not the same guy. So that's because of the, of the coach. And uh, and how he how he can manage to uh, to put everything from a, from a player on the on the field for for the squad. Yeah, they can do you can do it. You know, one day the Dutch will have to win a World Cup. I mean, 74, 78, 2010, three finals, three losses. They have to get because they have to get it because it's a it's a big um, it's a big nation of football with big history. So it's not the best team ever from the Dutch. But it's a very respectable team, for sure. And they, of course, they can reach the final. So, Frank, do you think as well he's showing that, uh, obviously, we know the experience that's there. Do you think that Louis van Gaal is showing that he will adapt to whoever he's playing throughout this World Cup to try and get the result that he needs? I'm still, I'm still waiting to, to, uh, to give you an answer about that because I want to see, again, um, a team who doesn't want to play the game and uh, wait for the Dutch to take the initiative of the game uh, and see whether they would be capable of do, of um, leading the and conduct the, the game or not. Or they, they're going to wait too and go maybe on penalty and score uh, and win, sorry. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that yet, according to what I see with the, the players that they have. Um, and again, they have an option A. I'm not sure about the option B. But if they play against Argentina, which is really possible um that would be a different game i'm sure the argentinian they know as well uh, uh that scaloni knows exactly what he has to do with, against the dutch team as well so we might have a non-game if nobody wants to lead it yeah just to follow up on frank and augie's point there about uh the netherlands and, and, and van Hal. obviously it was a great 
masterclass of a performance from, from Van Houten and what they had to do for the USMNT. We have to remember the opponents that the Netherlands have faced so far in this tournament. We all predicted, or almost all of us, if, if we didn't predict it, uh, them to win the group. We definitely predicted them to get out of their group. Qatar, Senegal, and Ecuador, all very eager teams. Uh, in many ways, they all have strengths, aside from Qatar, of course, right? But a lot of vulnerabilities that Louis van Gaal knew what to take, uh, you know, take advantage of. The USMNT is in that category as well, just like Augie said. They're not quite there yet. They're getting there. So wait and see when they face, like, of course, we're all probably predicted that Argentina will beat Australia, with all due respect to the Aussies. And that will be a formidable test against Lionel Messi in the Copa America champions. So we just have to wait and see what happens when they face a true opponent, a true contender, a true team that really wants to win this World Cup. I think as well, I think one thing that people kind of overlook a bit in the World Cup is, is, the, is the quality of the coaches. I think, I might be wrong, I think there's only two coaches that have won the Champions League. One's Lou Van Gaal and the other one is Luis Enrique. And I think... You know, coaches, the best coach in the world are in the club game. They, they yeah. are the Champions League in the club game. And I think yeah. we've, we've seen Van Gaal, his qualities come through, even though he's, you know, in, he's in his 70s now and he's a lot long career behind him. He can spot things happening in games. And I think we're talking about potentially playing Argentina in the next round. I, I think Scaloni, he's made some strange selection choices throughout this tournament. And I think he's got away with it a little bit as well. I think four changes from the first game or the fourth, second game, he doesn't quite know what his best team is. I don't think the players know what his best tactics are. Van Gaal knows exactly what his best team is, exactly what his tactics are. And it could come down to the Dutch game, getting far in this competition because of the coach knows how to get the best out of his players. Whereas he might be up against better teams, but inferior coaches. And I think the coach is massive. Yeah, we've got some of the stats, actually. Netherlands improving to 14-0-5. That's win, lose or draw under Louis van Gaal. That 19-match unbeaten streak is the longest active streak among World Cup teams still alive. Next longest wow. is Croatia with nine and Morocco with eight. Just going wow. to Louis van Gaal as well, obviously his confidence going into this tournament, saying that they can go all the way and win it, saying that Cody Gakpo is going to be the star of the tournament. So far, so good from him. But then yesterday we spoke to our Netherlands colleague, Vincent, and he did say, Mark, that one of the things that Louis van Gaal had also said that was the best version of Memphis also has to be in that factor, if they're to go all the way, what version of Memphis did we see today? What grade would you give him if it was school grading? Well, I think I think you'd probably give him a, a B plus because he scored a great goal, a crucial opening goal. And I think you know that's what matters. It's big moments, isn't it? Big players have to deliver in big moments. And you look at his record for the Dutch, and it's it's really really good. You, considering the career he's had, a checkered club career, like Frank was saying before, he's not been, he's not really been great at Barcelona. Wasn't great at Man United. Had a good time at Lyon. But in league in. for the Dutch, he scores goals. He was, he was a top scorer in the qualification campaign alongside Harry Kane. So today, he he rose to the challenge. But I, I don't want to sound ultra negative on the Dutch. But again, he isn't in the same league as some of the great players they've had in the past, attacking players. But he's the best they've got right now, and he delivered today. That that was a massive goal for the Dutch today. He, he kind of set them on the way. He killed the American kind of confidence or the or the, the momentum. So he delivered and. But I just don't know if he can take that next step to be the guy that leads the Dutch all the way to win it. But he certainly delivered to that. What would you say on that, Frank, just to just to put a bow on this Dutch chat on Memphis? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, like I said before, and, uh, and Mark just repeated uh, what I was saying, I've ne- never been convinced by Memphis Depay when he played for uh, uh, Lyon, Manchester United, and now Barcelona. But every time he plays for the national team, <clears throat> he's a different player. He's disciplined, he works hard, he's efficient, uh, and, uh, and today again, he's been one of the best players on the field. And that, this, this, his goal was the first chance for the Netherlands. And to score that goal, again, because we are talking about Van Gaal's uh, tactic, was absolutely crucial for the rest of the game because it puts the Netherlands in the best position ever. Everything according to the plan. And that's because of somebody 100% um, uh, tuned in, focused on the, what he has to do. And that's Memphis Depay today. I mean, nothing to to uh, to be critical about. He had a perfect game for me, so it's a it's a a a. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just think it's worth retelling the story about Memphis Depay and Van Gaal because obviously Van Gaal took him to Man United. I think it was 2015, and at the time, I was told that Van Gaal was warned by his coaches, his Dutch coaches, that you know Memphis doesn't have the mentality to play for Man United. It won't work, and it was it, it, you know people that Van Gaal trusted to say, look. He's not the right fit for Man United. His head's not in the right place. He's young. He's immature. It'll be a disaster. Now, it proved to be the case. Off the pitch, he was a disaster. There was a great story when he was he was dropped to the reserves um, for a bad performance at Stoke at Christmas. And the lads, the, the team that said to him, look, just keep your head down. Don't give anything for the manager to, you know, to have a go at you. Just, 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 just take your medicine. And it was one of the players told me that he turned up at the next day in this, in this reserve game in a Rolls Royce wearing cowboy boots and cowboy boots. <laughs> Which kind, of, which, which kind of summed up his immaturity at the time. But Van Gaal kept faith with him, and it was Mourinho that moved him on. But Depay knows that Van Gaal took him to the World Cup in 2014. He gave him his big chance. Van Gaal is the father figure to Memphis Depay, and Depay is repaying that. And I think that's that, that dynamic. Not many coaches can get the best out of certain players. And he didn't get the best out of Man United, but he, he had faith in him. But look at what he's doing for him in the Dutch team now. Van Gaal and Depay, that, that dynamic is... is it's really important because some players don't want to play for certain coaches. This player wants to play for Van Yeah, I want to add to it because you're talking about his mentality and his confidence. Remember, it was Memphis Depay who said it was only consistency that was stopping him being named among the likes of Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. He said, it's just consistency that's stopping me from being at that level. He said that himself. So this is a man who definitely isn't short of confidence, LME. Well, when he went when he went to Man United, sorry, Elamy, when he went to Man United, he actually asked for the number seven shirt. He said, "I want to take the Ronaldo shirt." I love it. So, over 
but you know, a fair play to him, but it didn't really work out. Nobody's had a seven shirt since Ronaldo left the first time, so maybe it's jinxed. Yeah, I want to know what kind of care bear boots he had on, actually. That's, that's more, <laughs> more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. That's the place no, I mean... the hot takes, by the way, coming in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, well, I'm in New York City, too, so you're going to hear some police as well in the background. Hey, by the way, uh, the, the last thing I'll say about is a, a shout-out to Denzel Dumfries, two assists and a goal. Uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing him in, in, at the end of 2021, and uh, he was named after Denzel Washington. Like That's a fact. And I asked him what his favorite movie was, Denzel Washington movie was, and he couldn't remember. So the interview was finished. Hours later, like I'm about to go to sleep, I get a DM video from him. And he's like, Luis, I remembered the equalizer. Like that was just the only <laughs> message that he sent. Me. Just goes to show how fun that guy is. But let's put a wrap on um, the USMNT because this is it for them. Clearly, clearly, Frank, the objective is 2026 and obviously they wanted to do well here and i know you know after talking to some of those players they wanted to you know go as far as the final in 2022 but clearly this is a project that's still building for when they co-host the world cup definitely i mean they 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 have to prove that they they involve every every four years and that they work hard to be to be better to get better and, uh, and that's their objective i think if you go a little bit further longer in, in 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 years i think the 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 united states and the mls they have to grow very quickly in order to get the best player they can have in the united states the way it's uh, the full the soccer is made it's still for rich people and i well i'm tell me if i'm wrong i don't think that cruyff platini pele zidane uh, where, whoever we are talking about, have been rich people when they were young, you know. They were poor people, you know, uh, very hungry and angry about life, and that's what conducted them to be the best. And I think the U.S. they have to change their mind about how they 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 get the the player that they need for after maybe twenty years after uh, international chip. Um, but you, you're right. Because they host the next World Cup, they of course will have to do better. They will have to get more experience. But the young players that we have, like Adams, uh, go gonna get better and gonna be stronger and gonna bring something better to the national team. I think it's really important to just very quickly just uh, just just add a little bit from what Frank just said because it's very very important. When the USMNT didn't make it to the World Cup in 2018, it was a, a revolutionary way of thinking from everywhere. The Federation thinking, we have got to change. And the Federation had to change. The team had to change. The coach had to change. And three things, three very important things began in step by step. Number one, literally what Frank just said, the pay-to-play system has to go. You can't be a 14-year-old kid you know, wanting to go to an academy and also pay a fee for that. That's not how it works. The Federation knew that from that moment, from 2018, which many will say it's way too late. How could you do that? But steps are being made. Steps are definitely being made. MLS also has to improve, just like Frank said, and it is improving because it's becoming a transactional business. It's a place where European teams are now saying, oh, there's talent here in MLS that we can take. But that has to continue to grow. And the third thing I think is a much bigger, way more attention to uh, you know, underrepresented minority communities. If that continues, and I believe it will, because it is continuing, by 2026, hopefully, this country will not only be good and really good in terms of a squad, but it will be a football soccer nation. And that will be a beautiful thing to see. 
Yes, yes, scouting for sure. And also spaces, getting those those posts out that get out there, spaces for kids to play for free as well. You do see yeah, it in a lot definitely. of states, but not all of them. And I think that will be a big thing too, because as you know, all these kids and when you're young, you're going out with the ball on the street, you're going to the local soccer pitch to play to, and that makes a big difference as well. We've got to move on to talk about Kay, the next Kay, game. So, you know, Kay, just me, on, on that. To give you an example and to give an example to our viewers in france it will cost like 80 bucks or 200 bucks a year to to be able to play because you get the insurance and your license in the states it's like 200 i, I think the last 200 dollars a month and you have to bring young kids your own football doesn't exist in france you come almost naked they, they give you everything and uh, and you can play and that for millions of kids two million licensed players yeah it's an average price of four to five thousand dollars a year for a parent that's insane that's insane i know you're trying to move on but just want a quick thing when, when i've spoken to people in the premier league about american players they all speak so highly of their intelligence how polite they are how, what good professionals they are but they do say they lack that edge and i think we saw the uruguay game end in, in unsavory circumstances last night if you had a bit more uruguay in the u.s team rather than you know that, that kind of edge that that fighting spirit which sometimes goes over the line that's not a bad thing that that is what winning teams have that edge and obviously you know you have to find the balance the, the one thing that is often held against the us players is that they are a little bit too nice very bright very polite but a bit too nice and they have to have that that street mentality sometimes that where they just fight fight to the bitter end yeah and in fairness to them i think we saw like some of the energy that we saw in the group games was great to see from them maybe wasn't quite the same energy in this game today which a lot of people had talked about anyway we have to be fair to say this isn't a surprise obviously when you look at the bookies and everything it was netherlands the favorites in this one so no surprises here the next game is argentina against australia surely this is not where there's going to be a surprise <laughs> in the last 16 is it guys what do you think frank Come on, the Socceroos! Show us we're wrong, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, I, I would, that wouldn't be... I think it wouldn't be a surprise. It would, it would be an earthquake in Argentina, I think. Uh, that would be it. Uh, now, really, I, uh, I really think, yeah, of course, Argentina are favourites and they, they want to win the World Cup. Uh, it's why I think uh, a 2-0 or... I put one goal for, for Australia. So let's say 3-1 for, for Argentina. Yeah, now it's serious matter. I think Argentina wants to make a point, and they're gonna they're gonna go through. I really think that. Mark. Yeah, I mean, listen, Australia had a, a great tournament. I, I didn't think they were getting out of the group, so to get out of the group and, and to be in a, a game against Argentina, it, it's fantastic for soccer in Australia. Let's be honest. We, we talk about how the game has to grow in the US. It's got to grow in Australia as well because that is a big untapped market. But this is Argentina, and they've really got their momentum after the game in midweek when they. Uh, they won two 0 and I think it's all focusing on Messi. This this is probably like his, his last chance. And you look at the bracket, top of the bracket, Argentina, bottom Portugal. Are we going to get Portugal versus Argentina in the World Cup final? Are we going to get Ronaldo Messi? Can you imagine? Oh it will be the biggest uh, sporting event in history. I think like that's how big it would be. I don't think <laughs> it's going to happen, but. but... Yeah, exactly. That would be insane. I'll, I'll be very quick on my Argentina-Australia thing. I'm very conflicted as a Peruvian because obviously Australia beat us to get to the World Cup, right? And uh, amazingly, everybody... Yes, yeah, so now you've got to support them. That's no, how it works. No, no. They knock you out and then you're like, okay, well, then I'll let them support you. No, but this is what I was saying. I'm but this is why I was telling you I was conflicted because no South Americans, specifically Peruvians, want to root for Argentina in any way, shape or form. But in this situation... 
I, I, I have to just be like, South America, please take care of it. There's a great meme going on right now from uh, Rocky when, uh, you know, uh, Dov Longdrum like kills Apollo and Sylvester Stallone's like looking out, looking for revenge. So we're Apollo, Peru's Apollo, we're done. Australia, Dov Longdrum, Rocky's Argentina. So we're hoping that like Rocky can take care of business here. All right, Luis, I'm going to let you take it home. I'm going to say thanks to the guys. But just before you do, give us a word on Brazil's injuries. Yeah, so uh, per the latest, of course, Gabriel Jesus and Alex Telles, they're both out of the uh, World Cup. Uh, Gabriel Jesus is not as serious, I believe, three weeks, something like that. They're both knee injury related. Uh, Alex Telles is a little bit more serious. I believe that might be a surgery required situation there. So, you know, it's a, it's a big, big miss there. But... Neymar is back in training today, as well as Danilo, and they're both hoping that they can feature in this round of 16 match against South Korea. Whether they start or not is a different question. I don't think so. I don't see that happening. But they're training on the pitch, and hopefully you'll see both of them. But Gabriel Jesus is done for the World Cup, and so is Alex Tallis. All right. Well, that will do it for us. For now, we're going to be back after that game. And if there are surprises... You can laugh at all of us. We do not mind. We'd love to see it. <laughs> Thanks so much to Frank sure. and Mark for being with us. Uh, yeah, join us after Argentina against Australia. See you then.